Hi, and welcome to the Crypto Writer Talks. These talks are organized and hosted weekly by the people at the Crypto Writer Discord. It's a space for crypto writers to talk shop and share their work. In today's episode, we have a dialogue between Pale Horse and Ana Maria Caballero about async and their latest pieces. Expected Behavior and Quest Giver by Pale Horse and Kylo Ren and the Divine Feminine by Ana Maria. They also discuss the ins and outs of async, what's a master, what's a layer, what's the difference between the autonomous versus non-autonomous pieces, as well as the writerly possibilities of the platform. So if you're curious about async, this is a great episode for you. So I will begin by introducing Pale Horse. Um, Pale Horse is, um, as can be read on his Twitter banner, um, a writer embracing the darkness. And don't we love the mystery in that? Um, he's got a crazy wicked sense of humor. Um, he began his sort of NFT journey by creating um, mock Wikipedia entries on Rarible um, and also a mock presidential order um, on Foundation. Um, so he's really pushing the boundaries, not just of writing, but of comedy in this space. I haven't really seen people explore uh, comedy and, and NFTs, um, unless, you know, you count some of the um, PFPs as jokes. Haha. <laughs> but, um, but he's really doing it in an intelligent and thoughtful way that, um, that I think is, is, is just going to, to catch on. Um, he, um, began his async journey, um, not too long ago, uh, Pale Horse, jump in at any minute, please, too. When, when did you mint your, your last, your first piece, your origin? Yeah, this is actually kind of a funny story. I, um, you guys can hear me, right? Yes, I can hear you. Great. Um, yeah, so I got, I was just randomly checking my email, like back in, I think, July, and I had kind of like almost given up on getting into async and I, I've, I finally got accepted to it. So I got super excited and I started working on my first piece, I guess in probably late July, early August. Um, but anyway, yeah, I minted, I minted that, I think around the middle of August. So that was my first Genesis piece on there. Um, and then I just recently released another piece that, uh, thankfully I just sold yesterday actually. So that was some some much needed good news in my life, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Tell us about expected behavior. I mean, I think the intelligence of expected behavior is just on another level. Um, and um, for non-developers or techies like myself, um, I, I, you know, I, I was um, so drawn into it, but also feeling like there was a lot of context that I was missing. Um, that would have helped me relate better to it. So I think this is a great opportunity to um, to discuss your amazing piece, Expected Behavior. And um, in doing so, also maybe tell the audience um, um, what our friends, I should say, what um, how it works, because that is a layered, uh, non-autonomous async piece, which for anyone not familiar with, with async sounds um, very interesting i would say so um so why don't you tell us a little bit about about your piece and how layers and masters and non-autonomous creations work on on async please for sure um yeah so my piece expected behavior is what's called a uh non 
non-automatic uh, or non-autonomous, I mean, uh, piece. So the overall idea behind the async platform, if you're not familiar, it's a way to uh, divide up your artwork into layers. And, you know, that obviously opens up the possibility for dynamic, but uh, dynamic content when you have individual parts of your art that's divided up and individually ownable by different people. Um, so my first piece expected behavior is broken up into these layers that form a, uh, if you've ever used any kind of ticket management software or like task management, you'll see these like swim lanes that go across and then there's different tiles that represent tasks. So I had the idea of doing that based on just my, my background in software engineering. So a little bit of context about me. Um, I've spent uh, the first six years of my career just doing like various software jobs. So I worked at a U.S. defense company most recently. And then before that, I worked at a bank, like a major, you know, uh, credit card uh, part of a bank. And then before that, I worked in an educational company. So I've kind of had three major uh, experiences just like working in these software companies. And a lot of the way it works is you are, as an engineer, that's, you know, not necessarily super high on the totem pole. You're kind of given a task, uh, you know, a task to do, a ticket. And that's reflected in, in this uh, software that I just mentioned. So I kind of had the idea of combining that with um, the idea of simulation theory. So if you're not aware, there's some people that subscribe to the idea that we're in a simulation. Um, and I thought that it was like on the humor side, it was pretty, uh, pretty funny. If like, even if we are in a simulation, they're dealing with the same kinds of problems or the same uh, bureaucracies inside of these corporate environments that we're dealing with. It just kind of goes one layer up and it's like, where does it actually end? Um, so I love the idea that like our problems are replicated by even like the entities that are even more intelligent than us. Um, so that's kind of a bit of context about my piece. And on the async side, the way that that actually works, so because it's uh, non-autonomous, those layers are individually ownable, like I said, and each ticket is actually a different part of the overall image that I've carved out and I've said, okay, you know, person A can buy this piece of the board, person B can buy this piece. Um, and then there's actually like a push notification at the upper right that's uh, ownable as well. And then on the left, there's like a menu with different options for what our kind of theoretical simulation overlords might be able to do. Like things that seem out, uh, really powerful to us could just be a simple button click for whoever's running our simulation. So I hope that all makes sense. But um, as far as the async technology goes, it's really cool because, you know, just different people can own pieces of your artwork and that allows just uh, entirely new types of storytelling. Um, so that's, that's kind of what my goal was for this piece. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about the non-autonomous platform on async is who has control, right? We're in the decentralized universe here. Um, yet this platform is controlled by a master. Um, you have more experience than I do, Pale Horse, so I don't know if you can talk a little bit about how that works. I mean, if you own a layer, but you don't own the master, whoever, my understanding, and please, you know, by all means, correct me if I, I, I fail to understand correctly, the master is controlled by whoever owns it, really, and that affects the overall look of the artwork. 
Right. That's a great, I, sh I should have mentioned master. Thanks for bringing that up. So one of the, like almost the key concept of async is the master layer. So every single piece, whether it's autonomous or non-autonomous, they at least have a master layer. And then you can think of a layer um, just like in my previous example from my piece of artwork where it's tickets on a board, each individual layer has multiple states that it can be in. Uh, so it can only be in one state at a given point in time, but you can, as the layer owner, when you buy that from the artist, you can toggle the different states. And then what in turn ha happens is um, the master layer is kind of like the current state of the overall piece of artwork based on all of the little decisions that the layer owners have done. So whatever state changes they've done are reflected in that overall master layer. Um, so if that makes sense, uh, yeah, like in my example, the expected behavior piece that I just put out, the overall board, it's possible for people to show uh, one of two tickets on each slot. So, you know, on each of those different um, tiles, there's like ticket A or ticket B. And then when you buy that layer, you can toggle between each of those at any point in time. So uh, does that make sense? I think so. I think so. One thing that I was um, sort of surprised by is they had an AMA on the Async um, Discord this week, I think it was. Time has gotten funny. But um, they had NorCal Guy, who's a major collector, um, as a guest. And he was saying that, um, you know, he wouldn't be interested in owning an artwork if he couldn't control the master, um, mm. which I thought was kind of an interesting inversion of kind of the whole um, decentralization async um, philosophy, right? Which is like, we all kind of own a piece of it, but he says that he wouldn't like to, um, to own it um, if he couldn't be in control of that. And I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it, it's, if anyone has a comment or question or, or would like to respond to that or pale horse, what, how do you yeah. think that affects you as a creator um, to hear that well, from, I guess I'm... from one collector? I mean, who knows what everyone else thinks, you know? Yeah, I'm a little confused by that, actually, because um, I'll have to check that Discord comment thread out after after this talk, because I might be missing something. But um, the master layer, it doesn't give you any actual uh, control over state changes, um, at least not anything, not that I'm aware of. Like, my current understanding is that the master is almost like a pure output of what the individual layer states are. So by owning the master, um, I could see how you can make the argument that it's like in general, and I've even seen the uh, async leadership admit this, like the, the master tends to be the highest sale for an overall piece of artwork versus the individual layers, because it's, it represents kind of the overall summation of the state, like I mentioned before. So you could see how like, it would be more valuable, for example, in expected behavior, my piece, to own the overall ticket board instead of any one given ticket. Um, so maybe maybe that's what he was saying. It's, it's, maybe it's not necessarily about control for him on the master, but it's more about just the the investment. Um, or like the access to all the layers to, to just kind of be able to, to in a way, right. um, have them all aggregated in one, one artwork. Um, so... Here, as an experiment, I think um, just to make sure that um, we all understand how the layers work, and especially if people want to um, apply and maybe use it in their own um, writerly experiments. Let's say we have a poem of, um, I don't know how many guests do we have here? We have about eight or 10 of 10 lines. And each line was a layer with 
maybe we change a couple of the adjectives to show how language can, you know, um, you know, go 180 um, by the change of, of one word, for example. So that if we were to create like a collaborative piece between all the listeners and we had, you know, a line like the sky um, is blue and you could change blue to gray. Um, so, for example, if Devoid were to create that, were to own that line, um, he could have the possibility of toggling between the sky's blue or the sky's gray and drastically changing sort of the setting and the mood of, of the overall poem um, is what I understand. But then the master would kind of incorporate whatever Devoid had selected on the layer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and yeah, that's a good point too, is like in this particular example, like in the poems, the juxtaposition of, um, you know, what Devoid might choose versus what, uh, you know, Natika might select. Like it's, if you have a large enough um, number of possible states for any given layer, then it really increases exponentially the number of possible combinations that the master can be in at any given time. Like you'll often see on async people kind of advertising that like a given master can be in like more numbers of states, you know, has a larger number of possible states than the number of atoms in the universe, which is like one of the most classic ways to uh, infuse a large mind boggling amount in anybody's mind. But um yeah, it's. Uh, I think on the comedy side too, what I was going for with expected behavior is the the juxtaposition. It's almost like the concept of collaborative comedy, where like um, I can only do so much as the original artist to put things that I think are funny into it. But the same way that like I guess like Mad Libs, if you've ever seen that, where you just kind of yeah. like you fill out, <laughs> yeah, you fill I'm out. Old the, enough to know what Mad Libs are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not, I'm not gonna lie. That's basically the uh, the genesis for like expected behavior was was you know my old days with Mad Libs. But expanding that idea out on the crypto side, it's like it's possible that the best version of something that I create, I would never even be able to imagine what that state combination would be, like what the most funny or what the most valuable would be, and it would kind of be up to the individual la uh, layer owners to figure out collaboratively like what is what is the funniest combination of tickets on this thing um and so for that for that particular piece there weren't a whole lot of options there were uh, two ticket options per tile but you know it's still early days i was trying to get something out i think for for the upcoming pieces i'm just going to get i'm going to get bigger with my scope so um i guess stay tuned for that but that's that's definitely part of what excites me about this on the comedy side is it's, it's not just a you know like a linear stand-up comedy uh, delivery it's it's a non-linear way of delivering comedy if if that makes sense no yeah 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 it's like bottom up storytelling right versus top down um which is a discussion yeah. that i've seen sort of taking place in in little corners of the of the twitterverse um i don't know if anybody has a question about layered non-autonomous um async pieces um we could have that now um or else we can go on and talk about the autonomous platform um sorry, templates that they have, which are the 24 hour, and then they have one that updates four times a day. Um, so if anyone has a question, raise your hand. If not, we'll, we'll dive into Quest Giver, which is Pale Horse's 24 hour piece. Um, yep. I guess no one has a question. So Pale Horse, please go ahead. Sure. 
Uh, so, yeah, just like we talked about non-autonomous pieces, um, you know, I kind of think about that in the current system. This may change over time as as autonomy starts to allow more control. But you can kind of in buckets in your head. This is the way I think about it. Um, the non-autonomous piece with the with the ownable layers uh, that we just talked about. That's the main way to give your actual artist uh, or your actual end customers. Uh, I mean, customers, probably not the right word, but whoever ends up buying your art. They can actually have agency over the output versus autonomous currently is all time based. So whoever buys an autonomous piece, they don't actually get to specifically change the state of it themselves, but it's more like the smart contract and the platform are doing that automatically. So uh, originally there was uh, there was a four times a day. So it was kind of like, you know, uh, you could have like a story unfold at morning, evening, dusk, dawn kind of thing. And then they just recently released a 24-hour template. You've probably seen me and Anna like talking about that almost every day because we just released uh, our own pieces for that contest. Um, but that's really cool because you know there's so many great stories that you can tell over the course of a 24-hour period. Um, I, I, I was mentioning Training Day a couple weeks ago. Like I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but you know that takes place in a day. Just some guy, his first uh, first day on the job, and like that's it's just a powerful way to compress a story so um that's kind of the basics of an autonomous piece um they they have said that like things like weather um and just generally like observable data probably through the process of on-chain oracles that can bring in outside information um so that that may be coming and that would open up just even more storytelling options you can imagine a story that changes based on you know whether it's raining whether it's snowing um that's just a basic example but um i don't know if you have anything else you want to say like because i know you you worked on a 24-hour piece so you have your own experience um my experience is that um it was um it's a little i think flatter in a way than, than the layered one um because every hour is just the hour um and whoever owns it there's only one owner there's um there's no layers to it, um, so whoever owns the piece owns the entire 24, um, or four if you're gonna do the um the four hour one, um, hold on. and um sorry I was getting a call, um and there we go, um so in a way it's it's more traditional it feels like it's a piece that updates but it's just a piece that is it's not a piece that can be played with by the owners which i think really um is the the most innovative component of of async i mean imagine if we all in this room collaborated on a piece on a on a piece of writing and each line um that we wrote had different toggles like pale horse said and whoever bought them could change the adjectives, change the verb, change the noun. And we really will be able to play with the meaning um, and language in a, in a way that, that I think wouldn't, hasn't, hasn't been done yet on, um, on a sync or, or on any other platform. Um, so that's something really exciting. And it's something that definitely, you know, Pale Horse and I want to uh, plug into the, um, the crypto writers discord and, and see if, if there's any takers on, on a, a crypto writer, um, collaborative piece on a sync. Um, that said, the 24-hour piece is definitely very evocative, and there's something cyclical about it that's very beautiful. 
um, you know, beyond like the movies that have taken place in a day, of course, Ulysses, which is, um, you know, everyone widely recognizes the best work of literature ever written, um, what takes place in a day. And then Virginia Woolf was inspired and wrote Mrs. Dalloway based on that. Um, so there's a lot to be said for what happens in a day and um, how that trans, I mean, we live our life in, in, in day long segments um, that get repeated and repeated and repeated. So, so it's, it, there's a feeling of entrapment there that I think can be delved into and, and opens very, various doors for um, storytelling. Um, but, but I think that, um, I think that I think is going to be opening more and more um, possibilities. So I really invite more writers to, um, oh, you have a, a comment. Let me, let me just finish. I really invite you all to apply because they seem really interested by what writers are, what, what Pale Horse and I have been doing. Like they've been retweeting us and I mean, to go back to Questgiver, um, I think we should mention that the CEO of a sink um, was actually the one who collected it, which is just amazing. Yeah, that's, that was really cool because that was showing me. I mean, he, he was actually um, he's he's so far the the only buyer of a piece on expected behavior. So um, I've actually got a lot of if, you, if you're interested, anybody go check that piece out. Um, you know, there's still a lot of, uh, tiles on my, on my task board that are left uh, for purchase if anybody wants to get on that. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm really impressed with like how much they're supporting, uh, people that are trying to do non-traditional or, you know, non-visual art necessarily. Um, I guess you could say what I'm doing is more on the, it's like a hybrid of like traditional writing and software design. Like it's almost like UX mock-ups, but, um, they've just been really supportive of both Anna and I, um, they've featured both of us prominently. So that's been great to see. Uh, my original comment that I wanted to say before I forget is um, you, you can imagine going forward how we might actually think about um, like a single body of particularly writing work on async as not just a single piece on, on there, like not just a non-autonomous or not just an autonomous, but actually combining the two into sequential pieces. So you can actually imagine where you would have something like expected behavior where people are making individual choices. And then you could, based on those choices, have a 24 hour period uh, or 24 hour piece that gets automatically generated and unfolds based on that. So you could have like an input output mechanism that combines both types of formats. So um, I don't think anybody's quite done that yet, like thinking in terms of combining multiple pieces. But that's definitely something I'm looking into um, because a lot of the a lot of the possibilities do get opened up when you think uh, think bigger than that. But um, and then I, there was something else I wanted to mention, but I think I forgot about it for now. If it comes back, I'll mention it. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, we talked about Questgiver. It's like uh, or we haven't really talked about it too much, but I'll just kind of give you guys the TLDR on that. It's like um, it is a 24 hour piece that. Um, you know, it's, it's inspired by the idea of when you go into like a high end apartment lobby or any kind of like commercial building, you'll usually see these like nowadays Uber, how long would it take an Uber to arrive to your location? Um, how long would it take a bus to get on a bus kind of thing? So you'll see these screens all over these lobbies. And I wanted to do like a satirical version of that where you're seeing like, all these different uncomfortable conversations. So like on the, on the Uber driver side of it, it's almost like if you're in the middle of like an uncomfortable conversation that you usually feel like you have only one or two options that are socially acceptable to like respond to somebody with, you could just pull up this satirical Uber style app and like basically go into Uber driver mode 
and like have people watch your conversation. So it's kind of a it's a super bizarre concept. I don't even, I don't even know how these ideas come to me. Honestly, they just kind of like it showed up randomly. I'm like, sure, I'll work on this. But um, you know, that was kind of the inspiration for this particular piece. And um, yeah, it's it's been well received so far. I'm really happy with that overall format. Um, it's kind of designed just like a traditional uh, user interface in a piece of software. Like I wanted, I wanted it to be almost, if you saw it in public on something like a mural frame or an Apple TV, it would, it would be something that brings people over and they'd be like, well, what the heck is this? And then like the second question would be, wait, is that actually real? Like I wanted it to have that level of software design, design realism. So it's not just like, oh, this is obviously a piece of art. Um, so I'm trying to think, I, yeah, I guess that's probably all I'll say about QuestGiver for now. Amazing. I mean, just the fact that the CEO collected it is just such a great vote of confidence. Um, and I think that it just bodes so well for, for what you're doing and all the risks that you're taking. Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions or any comments. We'd love this to be a dialogue. Um, We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please raise your hand and I'll add you as a speaker. Um, even if you just want to say hi, we like that too. Um, if not, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my 24 hour piece um, while maybe you guys think of, of questions. Um, my 24 hour piece is called Kylo Ren and the Divine Feminine. It's a peek into the mind of a woman as she goes about her day. Um, there's different narrative threads that are combined throughout um, and are braided um, into a story that basically hinges on adultery. Um, but there's also the mundane. I mean, there's a day, there's hours that are just about cooking dinner or going for a walk. Um, and so it's just kind of meant to show how our minds alternate um, through various states during the day from having these real big transcendental thoughts like what's my life about and, oh, I'm hungry, you know, what am I going to have for lunch? Um, so I think that that, that uh, template is, is um, it was very inspiring to me to, to write a story like that. And I actually want to just thank Async because I had started writing it as a poem. And then it just got so long and publishing really long poems is, is pretty much impossible. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'll turn it into a short story. And then... Um, I had kind of abandoned the project until the async possibility came along and I actually applied to the platform with the Kylo Ren story. Um, and I think that that's why they, they kind of jumped on it quickly because they like to see, oh, I guess this is a good tip for everyone. They like to see that you have already a project that understands how the platform works. Part of the application asks for that. So if you're applying, you know, try to think of something concrete that you would do right away. Um, and I feel like that's why my, my application was read um, relatively quickly. So anyway, that's that's the lowdown on my piece. Um, next up, I'm interested in, in working on something, um, a day in the life of a, of a tarot card reader. I'm a big fan of tarot, and I think that they're, they're very beautiful pieces of history that tell a story just with images. Um, and so I'd like to tell a story that jumps off of um, the, the narrative of the cards themselves. Um, so anyway, that's something that I think would be visually fun to work with as well. 
Um, I don't know. Does anyone have any questions? Pale Horse, is there anything you would like to add? What are you working on right now? Um, so I'm basically today, because I've, I've been moving, I've been going through all this moving stuff. It's always a fun time. So I haven't had too much bandwidth to focus on my next piece yet. But I think actually later today, I'm going to start kind of doing R&D for that. So um, I have some ideas. Uh, one, I guess, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you guys one of them. I don't know if it's going to be my next one, but it's probably more of a Halloween one. Um, but the Ouija boards, I don't know if you guys know those, but I kind of had the idea to do a group Ouija board where everybody has some level of agency over where, um, like the, the little, uh, I don't know what the actual word for it is, but the thing that goes to each letter. So everybody can uh, exert some level of physical force, like a, a physical vector force in a direction. And so no, it'll be up to the collective to figure out what the, Ouija board is actually going to spell out um, and then you would have to have some this may be a good tie-in for my Decentraland uh, plot that I own is to actually have the output of the Ouija board show up in in the metaverse um, so it's almost like an ongoing um, paragraph or an ongoing page of like what's the latest thing that people are getting out of this creepy Ouija board um, so that's just like one of, one of the ideas that kind of came to my head based on the unique um, nature of async is like i don't think you can do that on any other platform um just having people move a bunch of hands around a ouija board um i guess you can and this was kind of the other thing i was going to say which is um the thing i was trying to remember like technically uh hick at nunk allow i think that's how you pronounce it you can do dynamic content on there and so i just want to make sure it's clear to everybody like this is not the only platform where you can have like interactive dynamic content but the thing i would say differentiates it is the it's almost like Hicket Nunk's dynamic JavaScript content that uh, James Yu has done, plus a database. So async is actually persisting the state changes that everybody's doing, and that's the important part about it. Um, it's not just an individual, isolated kind of like single player video game experience like a lot of the hand ones are. Um, so I wanted to make sure we brought that up. And so, yeah, if, if the Ouija board is not next, because I think I do want to save that for Halloween, um, I have a couple of other ones. But um, I'm one of those people I do like to – it sucks a lot of my creative energy out when I start to tell people about what I'm working on because I've made, I've made that mistake so many times this year. So um, I, I think I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to finish it and then start telling people about it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the future of async and um for now that's kind of where i'm planning to um focus most of my attention right now is is on that platform because it's just it's really resonating with the way that my mind works um especially on the on the comedy side amazing i'm sure um all the future projects are going to be amazing um so we will um wrap it up if nobody has any comments or questions um pale horse and i will be sharing a um just an invite an open invite uh for collaborations um uh, it'd be really cool to do something amongst a group of writers on async i think that would um really just kind of get a lot of traction from from the folks at async and also just in the space so we will we will put that out there um and we are available if anyone has questions later that you think of or in the process, um, our doors are always open. Um, so if nobody has any questions or any comments, oh, Pale Horse. 
Yep. I just wanted to mention, um, so the Crypto Writer Discord has been instrumental in like setting this this talk up. We've had, you know, other talks before, not be- not between us, but, uh, you know, like Callan um, has been in there. So she's been really great. I just wanted to give them a shout out because they were, uh, we wouldn't be here without them. And um, yeah, that this is, uh, this is great. And I, there's going to be a lot more of these coming up, uh, not just with us, but with other crypto writers uh, coordinated through that Discord channel. So you know, if you're here, I would definitely recommend uh, joining that if you're not already on it. Yes, absolutely. I, I hadn't mentioned you because I think that we're all on the, I see all these familiar faces. I think we're all on the Crypto Writers Discord, um, but but definitely um, I we will be sharing the, um, the link to it in case uh, people who couldn't make it or in case anyone isn't here. Um, it's just the most wonderful community. Um, it's definitely my my favorite by far on discord um and avoid you you were really helpful in setting everything up in um giving us great advice on how to guide this talk i don't know if you want to also say something about the talks and projects or is this isn't a good time to chat that's totally fine too um okay i think we can wrap it up (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I guess we should probably, uh, I guess we're four minutes over, so I guess we'll let people go, but I just want to say thanks again for joining. This means a lot that you guys, uh, took the time. So, uh, yeah, check out async and thanks again. Thank you everybody. Thank you everyone for coming. Um, we will see you on the next crypto writers discord chat. Bye-bye. See ya.